Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we're just going to dive right into this. Um, Dave and I have had it heavy on our hearts um, to just really push and, and plead and convict and, and urge you to discipleship. Um, because as we dive into the word of God, as we continue to study the specifically the New Testament, um, and just Paul's work um, and his letters to the churches, we are just so convinced and so convicted that right now the church is called to true discipleship. And Dave and I feel like we have found, by the grace of God, by the, the re revelation of the Holy Spirit, we have found um, a, a really cool moment here in the New Testament in regards to Paul and Timothy and Titus that we want to share with you. Before we get into that, man, one thing I just want to mention was this has been almost a year or so that you and I have been trying to, like we've been studying this and been trying to impact this. So I don't want the people right. to think that this is something that just, just came up, but this is something that we've been wrestling with and kind of been thinking about for a while, but go ahead, man. I know you were, what you're, going towards right right no and it's true we've we've been um you know i'll use the term diligently seeking uh uh god's direction and 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 revelation in regards to discipleship and and like i was saying you know i think paul and timothy and titus have a very um just amazing. They they are an amazing example to us of of and they and Paul specifically just modeled this so well. And Timothy, um, and I'm going to turn it over to Dave, and he's going to kind of talk, uh, kind of open us up about what we've been thinking and how we've been feeling about these three men specifically. Um, but this is going to be good. Yeah. So. When we first started thinking about this, one of the biggest things that we started realizing were like, how did Jesus um, pick his disciples? So we went from there, right? We started with how Jesus picked his disciples and he was walking through and then how he walked with them and spent some time with them, right? So we said, you know, Jesus picked up and he, and he picked his 12 and, and then spent some time really pouring into their lives day to day um, and walked with them. Um, a lot of people know that story. A lot of people understand that Jesus did that. And so that's what we typically use when we say, oh, we want to follow, follow a discipleship uh, model. Um, however, one of the biggest things that we have talked about is that I think the biggest thing we have as a church failed to do, Big C Church have failed to do, is disciple people well and do discipleship well and disciple people, especially after um, they've, they have became a Christian or have come to Christ. Um, so we've dove in on this a little bit and we're like, where, where does this start? Where does, where can we look at this and see this as a, as a pretty good model? You know, Jesus was taking, uh, took disciples for his ministry, but where, where can we take it to where people that didn't walk with Jesus and then uh, unpacking how they how they started following Jesus. Well, how did they become a disciple? What they do? And the best way that we saw this was with Paul, um, and Paul with his early with the early church. You know, Paul took some time and not only uh, took some time to 
uh, get to know the disciples. He went and visited the uh, Jesus' disciples and went and visited Peter and a few others and got to know who Jesus was and what they did and what, how they walked with him in ministry. And as he did that and spent time with him, then he, he took on that himself, right? But as Paul started devoting himself to understanding scripture and understanding what Jesus was saying and understanding the Old Testament, he uh, and understanding what Jesus was doing now, what we what we see now in the New Testament, what the gospel message is, he then uh, starts taking that and starting to, and starts finding people that he can start pouring this out out to as well. And Timothy was just one of those guys as well. Timothy and Titus specifically, we, we kind of unpack some of the things that people talk about with Timothy and Titus is that the, especially the books is that they're, they're called pastoral epistles. It's ways and pastoral epistles, meaning that these were letters that Paul was kind of teaching uh, Timothy and Titus on how to pastor churches that they were uh, kind of in charge of, that he had given direct, uh, given direct charge to kind of help create and develop. Right. So he's telling them how to do some things. Um, so I would encourage our listeners, if you guys get a chance to actually read First Timothy, Second Timothy and Titus, uh, they're all actually in order and actually just take some time in there. Uh, we're doing some study on it as well. Uh, you and I have been talking about that. But again, just to kind of go back into this, one of the biggest things that we saw was Paul's an older man. Right. Paul's an older man. And uh he has taken now Timothy and he calls Timothy his son. He's a, he's, he's a younger guy and he, he's starting to develop him and he's just saying, Hey man, come under my wing and I'm going to show you what it means to, uh, how I, how I do things, how I read the Bible, how I, or how do I read, you know, the old Testament, how I understand the gospel, how I preach the gospel. Um, so he, he brings Timothy alongside him to do that. One of my favorite, you and I, we talk about it all the time. Uh, one of my favorite things is I love Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars nerd, right? And <laughs> one of the things that I watch about this is when you watch the, when you talk about Jedis and them taking a taking somebody as a, like, you know, they call them a Padawan or apprentice under them and they take them. They're trying to show them every little thing that they're doing and how they do it. How do they approach things morally and ethically? And uh, th that's the same thing that Paul's doing here. He's taking his little paddle on Timothy and he's walking with him and going, hey, man, let me show you how to how how I deal with some things. So he talks in First Timothy and Second Timothy just about all kinds of stuff that he's dealing with within the church and how to face those and how he deals with them. Some of it's kind of hard. Some of it's kind of hard to, to unpack and, and, and talk about, but, but you, and again, you and I, and I want to hear your thoughts on this a little bit more is just seeing this relationship between Paul and Timothy. And this kind of goes back to this, our previous episode that we were talking about where uh, it's important to not do something alone. It's not, it's important to do, and we've talked about two by two. We've talked about these things, but we're really trying to talk about that. This is the new wave of doing two by two. This wasn't just now, not only, you know, Jesus sending out his disciples two by two, but now this is the, you know, this is the, the new version of the, the next generation of that. And you, what you and I have been talking about is that we've been, we've been called to us as Christians to end of this day to be the next generation of discipleship. So what does that look like? And so, you know, Ashton, if you don't mind talking about that a little bit more, what your thoughts were as well on that. Yeah. You know, and you hit, you hit the nail on the head was like, I mean, Jesus words were, where two or three or two or more are gathered there. I am as well. Mm -hmm. There is 
something about the gathering and the strength of two individuals who are committed to Christ. There is their mystery of the spirit where there is just in it, you know, a special presence that the Lord grants, you know? Um, but I want to, I want to read this because I feel like there are parts of the scriptures. If you're not paying close attention, you can miss. So first Timothy two says, this is Paul writing one of his uh, three pastoral letters, right? As he says to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from the God, from God, the father in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So he, he calls him my, my true child in the faith, right? That's first, that's first Timothy, second Timothy two, it says to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the father in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's second Timothy uh, chapter one, verse two, then Titus chapter one. Verse four, it says, to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from the God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Savior. So why do I bring that up? Because this is, this is Paul's heart being expressed in these letters to his brothers in the faith. It's he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I may be a little bit more spirit, spiritually mature right now, but my job and I feel like this is the visual I want to I want to give to our listeners. I want you to think about the Olympics right now. And I want you to think there there is a it's a race it's called called the 4 by um 400. Right? And it's four individuals who run one lap around the track. Right? And the guy that starts, right? He's got the baton. And once he completes his first lap, right when he gets there, the second guy on his team begins to start running, right? And there's this handoff of the baton. And then he then begins his lap. And I feel like that's what Paul is trying to get and help us understand and, and trying to describe here. Is Paul's, he's the one that's been given this, this mission, this, this, this gospel. And he is just sprinting with it all out. And he's, he sees Timothy and he's like, Timothy. I got to hand this thing off. I've got to hand, I've got to pass the baton. I've got to pass the torch. But you, but see, here's the beautiful thing is a lot of, a lot of these things, when, when Paul wrote, he was going through serious, like suffering. Right. Half the time he was in prison throughout this, but see, he had a brother in faith who was there in the trial, who was there during the, the times of heartache. And he was still pushing and still pressing and still trying to make it happen. And so my point is this, that this is a level of commitment that only Christ can give. And you can only have with another believer in Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's a covenantal friendship, right? Where there is this, this understanding of discipleship, where my job is to push you and your job is to push me. And I think there's a, there's something very important here that I, I think is very um, helpful, that was very helpful to me. When I saw Timothy being mentored, mentored by Paul, and then his job was to then establish overseers or elders for the churches under his care. 
You see, so he has a submission to authority above him, but then he also has meant he is mentoring men below him. Right. And I think this is super important because you have to understand this is this is the best mindset that you can be in where you're in submission to authority. You don't become prideful in, in thinking that you have this whole thing figured out and you don't need anyone's help in it. You can basically run, you know, Rambo and do whatever you want all by yourself. But then it's also not the mentality of, well, I've got my faith. I've got my salvation. I don't need to help anybody else in this process. You know, I'll just do me. No, 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 no. I need to be engaged and I need to pass the baton. I need to pass the torch. I need somebody else running with me in this race so that we can have the, the most success and have the best outcome possible. And so I just wanted to share that with our listeners. And I think Dave and I have, have really felt that in our lives, that when you are walking with another individual side by side, you are doing life together, you are pushing each other in the faith, you are encouraging each other in the faith, you're doing these things. That is wonderful and it's excellent and it's necessary. Then you also have to be in submission to some sort of authority in your life, a spiritual authority, somebody who, you know, Dave used that term sage wisdom. Um, you know, those individuals who have been in the faith for a long time. Um, but that was something I wanted to share. Yeah, man. So I had a, I had a friend of mine. Um, I was just talking with him the other day. And one of the things he mentioned to me and he asked me, he said, he said, David, he's like, what's the difference between discipleship and like discipleship groups and small groups? And so we had a discussion on that, man. And I think what you just said uh, kind of hits the nail on the head with what we were, what we were talking about. The difference is that there's a, there's a part where you, there's some accountability, there's some growth, there's some, there is uh, in discipleship, there is a, a part where um, it's purposeful, it's meaningful. You're, you're, you're actually looking and saying, Hey, what are we doing to further ourselves down this, this race or this, or down this road or this journey where small groups, I, I, I think it's great. I think the local church doing that is great. I think small groups are good, but like I, what we were, again, what we were talking about that we fail at is really the growth factor. And I think discipleship groups can be small groups, right? Or small groups can be discipleship groups. They're, they can be. But you have to look at it and say, what's the, there has to be intentionality behind it. And there can be multiple levels. I think there's some good, I, I think there's, it's good for some small groups and churches to, uh, to where people are just getting used to being in community. I think that's great. I think that's, that's important. But there comes a point where even internally within those small groups that there should be some discipleship happening within that group. And if it's not happening, is that the best small group for you? Is that the thing that you want? Because sometimes people go, I'm in a small group, but I'm not really growing. Okay, so you're, what you're asking is you really need discipleship. So, you know, small groups is good. It can be the best thing that you, you can, you're doing as a church, which I think is good. I think it's critical to ha- be in community. That's what we're called to do, right? And we're called to be in community. But discipleship takes it to a whole nother level. And what I always like to do is I like to go back and say, you know what, in the scripture, not only did he say this in Matthew 28, I was saying, go and make disciples of all nations. 
but he calls it numerous times where he says, Hey, you need to go in and somebody needs to be discipling. You need to be discipled. You need to be discipled. Paul talks about it throughout his, his letters. Right. Um, so again, we're not trying to, you know, be expository <laughs> in our conversations right here and why not, you know, if, if we talk about this, you know, if people, you got questions, you know, if our listeners got questions, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but that's just something that, again, I was thinking about of when we talk about this is that Paul and Timothy really unpackaged this because um, in first Timothy specifically, he talks about eldership and deaconship and he talks about spiritual authority and what that is, is that's also a way of discipleship that was happening, discipleship of leadership that was happening. And so this is this is something that is really important. Even, you know, if you're a small church just getting started, um, I have a friend of mine that's, a, that's, a, that's a, uh, a pastor of a small church. This is critical for you with your with your members and then also with uh, some of your key leaders within your churches to walk them through First Timothy and Second Timothy and talking about how to deal with church issues and how to work, how to conduct yourself um, and how things should be. What what is spiritual authority? Um, these are great. This is a great, uh, you know, great books to, to, to do this with. And there's plenty of studies on on Paul and Timothy uh, regarding this. But. I think for you, like you and I were talking about that this is what we're missing as, as a church um, overall. And I say that as a big C church <laughs> or as, as Christians specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that to me is what will change the world. And I know our listeners probably heard that and are like, what are you talking about? I, I will I will say it this way. If the men, I'm speaking specifically to the men here. If the men of the church would follow Christ wholeheartedly and not live lukewarm, we would be ushering in the return of Jesus. I truly believe that. I truly, truly believe that. And I just, I am so, I know Dave. So let me, let me say it this way. Let me get, let me give you guys a, a, a snapshot into how this all kind of, how it came, came into be. Dave and I met through, um, through church and through a, what was basically a Thursday morning coffee, uh, get together, uh, Dave and I, that's how we basically met. Um, but so here's, here's why I bring this up because it wasn't until Dave and I got to a point where I looked at him, he looked at me and we said, Hey, will, will you walk, will you walk through life with me? Not, not being the kind of person who says, hey, no, you're doing a great job and giving you a pat on the back was going to say, hey, no, I'm going to be the person that calls you out when you're out of line. I'm going to be the person that points you back to Jesus. I'm going to be the person that says, hey, but what does the word of God say? Those are the friendships and those that's the covenantal friendships that we need as men in the church. Okay. And it's absolutely vital that we understand that there is vulnerability that has to take place in order for that to happen. 
And especially we as men, again, I'm speaking to men here, we deal with pride. Well, that's going to require me to tell somebody about the stuff that I don't want to talk about. You're right. You're 100% correct. But if you really want to grow, if you really want to experience discipleship in a deeper relationship with Jesus, and quite frankly, a more healthy, joyful, fruitful life, right. this has to happen. It's, it's non-negotiable. Because if Paul had to do it, if Timothy had to do it, if Titus had to do it, if Jesus had 12 people in his life, then, then you have to have it as well.